Welcome, friends, to random number 129. I'm Ox. That over there is Luke. And tonight is going to be a mixed bag for sure. Uh, we watched, well, I finished off his Dark Material Season 1. Uh, we've got the finale of Mandalorian uh, along with uh, Episode 7. I mean, they were both kind of the finale parts. So uh, Then we watched a documentary on Netflix called Don't Fuck With Cats. Uh, Castle Rock Season 2, Witcher Season 1, and then theatrically we saw Little Woman and Uncut Gems. And I believe you caught Cats too, didn't you? No. I was just trying to make you go. Oh, man. Oh, it was real close today. And I was like, I think he saw it. I definitely think he saw it. And like, I've seen, I've seen artistic friends of mine go to it twice this weekend. And I was like, maybe there's something to it. But also, all their posts after going to it is like, they're on the brink of mental breakdown. And I just don't think I can handle that for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I've seen one clip of Rebel Wilson's cat like dancing and like eating ants on the table or some shit. And I'm like, I, I don't want any of that. That can stay as far as, as it, it possibly can for me and I'd be happy. Uh, I think his, you really want it. Uh, listen, it's a, it's a 50-50 right now. 50 of, 50% of me is like, no chance in hell. But there's that 50% that's like, maybe there's something to this. And like, I've seen a lot of people that are like, this is my new cult Christmas classic. And I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't want that to hell with you guys. So, uh, any other news to speak of before the end of the year winds down? Nah. All right, let's jump. Well, uh, in case you're wondering, his dark materials is real shit. I real hate it. Well, you're dumb for watching it. Well, you've read. Have you read the books, or do you just know the story? I read the books when I was a kid. Okay. I have people like on my friends list that have read the books and really enjoy it and really think there's something to this show, and I'm just like, I can't. I just don't understand all the moves they're making, and it just just sucks. So, to hell with it. I'm not joining up for season two, so to hell with that show. Watch it in your own peril. I'm sure you already have if you enjoyed the books, so to hell with it. Uh, from there, uh, let's talk Mandalorian then, with the finale, the two-parter finale for the most part. Uh, Gustavo! Oh my god. When he showed up in the thumbnail, I was like, oh, I'm fucking in. I didn't watch it until this week because, like, uh, I knew we have a week and a half for the last episode, so I was just like, I can put it off. I thought there was another episode, but apparently IMDb just has a placeholder for next season, which will be next fall, so. Uh, But yeah, getting into it, uh, they broker a deal where they're taking the baby Yoda back to the planet they were the bounty originally originated from to take out this imperial trash that's kind of laying waste to the planet since Mando's left um and they get betrayed and then all hell breaks loose for sure how do you feel about these two episodes um <clears throat> it made a case for that 
this 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 revolution that TV's been through and how it's changing in its narrative structures and everything has made me forget on how TV used to work. Uh, so like once it got into the penultimate episode and he was going back and getting all these people you've seen throughout the seasons, I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't all complete, just fucking bullshit, nothing. Like it built towards this moment. You just don't get that on these shows that are so you know, intricately laid from episode to episode, everything ties in that it doesn't, you know, it reminded me of like an old, like season of Buffy after like we all had to get together to get the big bad and those episodes Mm. were standalones, but they kind of worked into this thing. So it was fun kind of going back to something like that. I like seeing all these characters come back together. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, And it's just really good. It was really good to see a Star Wars story that's like, good <laughs> yeah After i mean coming off the, the heels of you really hating rise of skywalker like was the did this get that bad taste out of your mouth it did i was like just give me fucking tv shows that's what i need not this <laughs> big fucking bullshit blockbuster movies that don't know what they're doing give me fucking just tv shows a little bit of action some good acting and a fucking baby puppet that's all i need it's such a weird dichotomy like star wars fandom has always been really strange but like it's such a peak weirdness right now because you have everyone bitching and moaning about the movie that just came out last weekend and like people that did like it are biting their tongue because they don't want to spoil anything but that only means the people that hated it are even louder because there's nothing to counter contract their uh, shitty opinions um, and then everybody just loves Baby Yoda to the point where it, this show, honestly, I don't think could do very much wrong. Um, no, I mean, like, you can have, a, like, that opening scene in the finale episode is, like, all I want. Like, give me that show. Give me fucking Stormtroopers <laughs> being dickheads, <laughs> punching little babies, and not being able to shoot a can. That's all I need. Best scene of the entire season, for sure all I wanted and I love that Uh, immediately people were so stoked that Stormtrooper's terrible aim was now canon I was like where have you been for every movie ever right (laughs) notoriously they can't shoot for shit and like this is just a little fun uh, brief time Um, it was awesome seeing the IG-11 right the, the droid come up and fucking I figured he was going to be like a gunslinger at the opening scene um, when Quill passed last episode um, but then he fucking hops on a motorcycle a motorcycle and fucking zooms in the middle of town just firing and fucking Yoda's on his chest oh god and fucking baby Yoda was loving the shit out of it I was like yeah give me more of that just fucking shoot up a town with a baby strapped to your chest <laughs> Yeah, I I think it was slightly convoluted once it got to, like, they're trying to escape, and Mando's like, leave me, I'm dying, and then, like, oh, no, I'm healed, now let's go. Like, you could have cut that out, I really didn't need that, but I get they did it just to get get the helmet off of him. Oh, yeah, for sure. I I mean, what was it, first episode, like, you called that they were going to reveal his head at some point? Um, oh, of course. You don't 
you don't cast Pedro Pascal and at least show him. Cause, and it's so weird because, like, this is... <laughs> Why does he have a well-groomed mustache? Why would Mandalorian... <laughs> no, no, no. Him? That's the wrong question you're asking. Uh, why don't people know that he has a well-maintained mustache underneath his helmet is the correct answer. Um, no, I thought it was great. Um, uh, me and a friend were talking this last weekend about it's surprising how well they can emote with the puppet Yoda as well as uh, Pedro's just in- intention and inflection of his voice like because his, his helmet doesn't obviously give away anything. So uh, I think I'm, I just want like 18 more seasons of the show because I think they're really doing something great. And the fucking armorer just showing down. He's, she's just like, what the fuck? I'm going to stay here and just melt down some shit. So whenever and just room, just fucking <laughs> wreck these stormtroopers with a couple of fucking hammers. Fuck stormtroopers. Oh, it's so <laughs> Uh, it was also awesome. F- fucking Gus's blade at the end. I was like, oh shit, yeah. I think it was the first time, live action anyway, we've seen a dark saber. So I'm like, fucking yes. Um, mm-hmm. when when like everything didn't revolve around like the force kind of type ways, uh, and then we get that briefest moment. It's like, oh yeah, this is connected to Star Wars and shit. <laughs> well, it's always so weird that like I don't know, like the shock trooper like she fought for the rebellion and like that was led by fucking like leia and luke like and she's like oh what's the force i don't understand what this thing is <laughs> it's very weird how distant the the it seems connected to everything there's also some really weird fan service stuff too like hey i know like 30 mandalorians died but here's a jetpack i think you've earned it <laughs> <laughs> i just got an extra one here so get the hell out. It was really cool to see him get the uh, Mudhorn uh, emblem on his uh, pauldron too. That was sweet. Um, and then when Baby Yoda's holding his uh, necklace, or I think it was necklace, uh, his Mandalorian necklace, and it's like, I didn't understand that they, it was a creed, not a race. And so like when they made a big deal about that in the show, I was like, oh, well, that fucking makes sense. Um, and now his, he's his, like, keeper. And I'm like, yeah, let's just watch more of this, all of this. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm totally on board for more of it. And I believe uh, Favreau's on for next season, or uh, second season, too. Yeah. So, he teased a picture of Jabba's palace guards the other day after the finale showed. So, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do all of that, so... Well, wouldn't Jabba be dead by now? That doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think the Huts would still be around, I suppose. And obviously, okay. big bounty hunters. So, um, but yeah, really fucking great shit. Um, which one do you want to tackle first, Castle Rock or Witcher? Whatever, I'm following your lead. All right, I'm so with... unprepared. We don't Castle record on Rock. Sundays. Let's start with Castle Rock because. Um, Witcher was fantastic, and I was not expecting Castle Rock to live up to it, and I really enjoyed the season two of Castle Rock. How about you? I think so. <laughs> I feel like that's well, a fair assessment. <laughs> it, it was just a weird thing of where, like, 
I watched like half the season and then watched like uh, the the next third and then finally came back and watched the final two. Like I watched them very far apart and then big mm-hmm. chunked spaces. So like the first part I enjoyed, it was like, you know, focusing on Annie and the pop and his kids and stuff. And I liked that. <laughs> and then like I took a break and then I came back and it was all like weird puritan spirits have come <laughs> forward in time and i was like oh okay whatever and then the end just felt really rushed i do think it's better in the first season but oh yeah it feels like they they laid out um the season a lot better than the first season for sure um uh, going back to our our talk about charlie's angel and where that was a good movie to set up the second one i would have loved it if they just never referenced season one ever again uh, and then we get the devil again. And I'm like, oh, fucking, like, the the weirdest, awfulest five, last five seconds of the season, and you have to recall to it, like, three or four times. It's like, it's all right. But, uh, well, yeah, it's very, it, it's very much that he's, like, this fucking uh, <clears throat> um, Randall Flagg-esque king character. This the 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 embodiment of evil across all hmm. worlds. It's like, I get why they're coming back to him, but I'm also like, don't understand it yet. So, <laughs> uh, it was also funny. Uh, I remember we were talking about Dr. Sleep and, uh, I, all I wanted was vampires. And like, as soon as we dug into, I think it was like the second episode, like they started to mention Salem's lot. And I was so fucking on board. I was like, are these fucking vampires? Do we get a season full of vampires? And I think that's what they were leaning towards, but they just never really fit into it, I suppose. Pun intended. Well, it wasn't, but they did make reference to all the shit that happened in the Marston house, which was vampire stuff. So, okay. I mean, kind of. Right on. Um, so, given a little rundown. Um, essentially, they crash in Castle Rock. Um, the daughter from 8th grade, which actually did a phenomenal job. I think this is the only second thing I've ever seen her in. Um, and to carry the season pretty well as she did. Uh, she witnesses the neighbor like setting up Molotov cocktails and then he comes to confront confront the mom and she ends up killing him. Like second, second episode in. Um, so then she's losing her mind. Uh, some medication has been swapped. Uh, her daughter actually ends up tying her up uh, a la Gerald's game uh, and trying to force medicine into her, but she keeps spitting him out. Um, she goes after her daughter. Um, not quite. Uh, it, it was accidental, but I mean, she was trying to get free and swiped at her daughter with a piece of broken glass. Um, so then we get joy going through like this foster care-esque system uh then we get to see annie's past her parents like her problems in school and like uh then the reveal comes that annie is actually sister to joy and so fucking weird like that threw me off immediately when that was like when they were going through the past episode and like they were talking about the kid and I was like, Oh, she's just going to drown that baby. And then she goes off and wait a minute. That's that kid. (laughs) (laughs) So then uh, we go 400 years in the past. 
Uh, <laughs> Which is like where I was like, huh? What do we do? <laughs> just so fucking whiplash for sure. Um, <laughs> but also, I was like, I was all about it. Um, I think that was the spot last season where it was the mom episode where it was like everything was different for that one. Um, and then we go on from there. Like we come back. The I don't I can't remember if that's the episode that the mother accidentally shoots herself because she gets drugged <laughs> in the arm. Uh, but yes. then we get the standoff in the emporium, and then the showdown at the uh, old house with bombs Which... everywhere. <laughs> Jesus Christ! the The last two episodes were really, I felt like fast. Oh like, yeah, it, it felt like they're like, oh shit, we got we got wrapped this up. What's but the... I did like like the the, the uh... reasonable pace of the whole season up to that point was just great. Um. I felt it flowed really nice. Like it, you get lost in the episodes, and like even even though every episode's like an hour, it's still very layered, and like there's a lot of to pick up on it and everything. And then it gets to those. It's like, where did half hour go? Like, why is this episode already over? And then we're going to the tenth episode. I was like, oh shit! Like, there's still plenty to do, and like so little time left. But um, yeah. Those last two episodes were fucking whiplash for sure. <laughs> but you get Yeah, and I mean like you get to the point where you're kinda like the the concept is like cool, but like I don't get what their plan was mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense in the end. Like were they just gonna kill everybody? Uh, like in the it world? Seems like it. Uh it kinda seems like <laughs> I think that's what I took anyway. Um it's also very strange to have Tim Robbins play a central character. And, like, it just felt like he was in his old stopping grounds and, like, he had escaped this prison but stayed close just for the fuck of it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and they got him back to Shawshank, so that was a thing that happened. (laughs) So fucking weird. Uh, But I really dig the, uh, I don't know, the motivations of, like, the vampire-esque folk. Um especially when he's like stalking Annie halfway through the season, like after she fucking shoved an ice cream scooper down his throat. (laughs) Um, There's some really fucking brutal shit for sure. Um, Yeah. They kind of went all out there, which is so crazy considering this is on Hulu. Like even the Witcher on Netflix, I was like, do we not have the guidelines anymore? Like are, is all fucking shit. No, no holds barred at this point. It is. Do what you want, man. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, and then a bombing takes place, and Annie reminds us that she's still insane <laughs> by yep. killing her daughter because <laughs> she's got to get the misery. <laughs> I I never made that connection, and like I apparently never read any of the uh, summaries of the episodes, like binging it. Because, like, when we get to the end, I was like, oh, that's that fucking lady that snaps his leg. Oh, I get it. I see where we are now. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I think it was really well done uh, for Hulu. Um, Coming from where it was for that first season, I was very leery about the second one. But um, the lead actress, I can't think of her name, but I really enjoyed her. Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, I think she did a phenomenal job for sure. Oh, yeah. I love Lucy Kaplan. She's so good. And, like, I don't know. I didn't want to watch fucking 
Masters of Sex or whatever that show was, even though her and Michael Sheen were in it. Wasn't my jam. So I was like, fine, give me some Lizzie Kaplan. I can watch. I missed her. <laughs> right on. So uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, also, we get like uh, quick homages to other King shit throughout, too. Like, Christine was in the parade, and I was like, fuck yeah. Give us more Christine. <laughs> yeah. Evil cars. Evil fucking cars. Uh, so yeah, definitely worth checking out, especially if you have the Hulu. Um, give that a shot. I think binging works so much better um, than watching it week to week because I think you lose those little variations from week to week. So um, yeah, I, I've been straight through it. Uh, the Witcher, however, was a little bit harder um, just because it was pretty dense like Watchmen was. Um, and considering I had no context of what anything was, uh, maybe you could speak to how well that shaped into everything, like the Witcher world. Oh, so you're just saying you're big dumb dumb? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Dumb dumb. <laughs> Listen, all I know is Witcher three like has been talked about for the last three or four years as like this really glorious game, and like I just haven't been gaming for those years, so it's like. Must be something to it if it's ha- if it has that much staying power, especially to get a series based on it. So, well, it's also a very popular <laughs> set of books. I mean, you know, it's not just that game. I mean, that's why it's probably in like the cultural conscience a little bit more. But uh, the actual show follows the books, and the author of the books hates the games. <laughs> so take that for what you know. Did you, have you ever read any of the books, or are you just the games? Uh, just the games, but I've been meaning to jump into the books. I literally had one in my hand like three months ago. It's like, I don't want to buy a book and put it back, so... Fair enough. Uh, so did you dig this, this this season? Yes, but I think there's some problems here and there. Um, I think there's a good stretch of like episode like three to six where it's just like everything i want from a witcher show mm-hmm. and in the beginning it's a little rough and at the end it's a little rough yeah yeah i feel that um, for sure um especially like i think those first three episodes just setting up these three main characters um and kind of putting them on their paths uh, i did love the uh memento style storytelling where like we start in the middle and like we're going towards that and from it um consent like throughout weaving um i thought it was really well done uh considering like we didn't know anything from it going well unless you read the books or played the game um but i mean this was just announced like this year wasn't it I don't know, probably. I think so, and like they got all the production. And I'll tell you this, I was not a fan of Henry, Henry Cavill in like Mission Impossible 6, but like he fucking killed this role, for sure. Oh my god, like he's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like It's so good. Dude, that, that episode when like <laughs> what do you that like uh the the like He's protecting Yaskier at the fucking like court, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he calls like law surprise at the end, and they're like, "No, you mustn't." He's like, "Who fucking cares?" And then the girl's like, "I'm pregnant." He's like, "Fuck!" Goodbye. It's just this perfectly <laughs> timed. Fuck. Uh, I just want to see uh, an entire re- cut reel of him just saying "fuck" throughout the series. 
Um, because like that, the, the flagrant swearing, uh, there's a lot of sexual situations, let alone um, all the nudity we saw. So like that makes me think like no restrictions on Netflix shows anymore. Um, which is crazy to think about think- because this would be a show kind of geared towards kids. Or no. fans of the game anyway. Yeah, you fuck in the game all the time. <laughs> no idea. So that that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, in The Witcher 3, I fucked Yennefer on top of a stuffed unicorn. That's wild considering how far we've come from, like, uh, what was it, Hot Coffee in, like, San Andreas? And, like, everybody had an uproar of fucking (laughs) that was taken out of the game, but, like, they left the code in it. So... That's just fucking wild to think of. But, uh, given a rundown of Witcher, um, the butchering in Blaviken was fucking dope. Like, the fight choreography... Well, all the fights are fucking dope. Yeah, like, it like, got me excited for the show in the way, like, Daredevil Season 1 did. Like, the choreography from that. Like, there's still some wonky parts, but, like, out in the open sword fighting and, quick like that, like, was dope. But what was smart about it was, like, they learned what Cavill could do and then worked around that. There is not a single shot in the show of a stunt double. Cavill's doing everything. Hell yeah. Every time you see Geralt, and you have not to work so well. Yeah. Um, then we go, uh, we see Yennefer <laughs> uh, displaying her magic ability and then getting sold to witches. Um, Which was weird because, like, the Yennefer storyline is probably the one I know the least about. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, oh, purple eyes, so it's Yennefer. But I was like, she was like a hunchback. I was very confused about what was happening. Uh, which makes sense. Uh, when she actually takes matters in her own hands and like gets the person who straightens out witches to work for her, I suppose. Um, we also see Geralt like fighting. <laughs> some incestual monster child that gets saved. I don't know. It's so funny. Oh, yeah, weird. dude. The Witcher's fucking dope, man. Like, I <laughs> fought, like, I fought, like, an aborted fetus monster in the game. It's so fucking dope. <laughs> it's weird. You're really selling me on this game. Like, I really am feeling like I need to go back and fight through that. Um, have you only it's played rough, the third though. one? I have, because the first one was PC exclusive, and then the second one was PC and Xbox, so I've oh, never had a chance to play them. Uh, fourth episode was the Royal Ball, the Law of Surprise. Which is so good. Uh, oh so my god. Good. Uh, they, the way they explain things is so well. Um, because it, it directly correlates to something we're gonna pick up like the next episode. And like there's this path uh, you can follow breadcrumbs throughout. Um, fifth one, we get the the genie in the bottle leads the Witcher to Yennefer. Um, the sixth one's the dragon hunt, and then the seventh and eighth are essentially the witches holding the fort down at Nilfgaard or against Nilfgaard, while uh, Geralt finally gets closer to uh, Ciri or Cece, whatever her damn name is. Um, You've listened to this for like ten hours, and you're like, but you say it all the time. No one ever doesn't say someone's name, but you're like, I don't fucking know. 
It's Jerry <laughs> Arivia. No, I no the the girl. Yeah, I know. I think fun of you for saying Geralt wrong all the time. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> all I but call I do him think, is the Witcher. <laughs> um, I do think that there is some structural problems in it and the fact that you know the story they're going towards is Yen and Geralt and Ciri Mm -hmm. but we need to build this world up before we get to there so we need to keep them apart it's like the Ciri storyline kind of just flounders around of her in bad situation till bad situation to bad situation until we get caught up Mm -hmm. um I would have been fine not introducing her character until further on into the show, I think. Yeah, would have made sense. Um, It's also really awkward because I think they use like two or three different... uh, Oh, I guess that was her mom that they were showing at the Royal Ball. So it's like, there's like confusing moments like that where like the interwoven story structure kind of wanes. Um, I think it works. I think it works really well, and like yeah. it, it helps show time. Like in, you know, you see that episode where, uh, you know, Geralt's accusing Foltest of killing a sister and having a kid with her, and that's what's haunting them and stuff. <laughs> and then, like the next episode, you see Yen being introduced to full test as a child so you see where these are in the timeline compared to each other and i don't know i like that stuff huh uh yeah i think it was really fucking great um considering it's only been out for a couple weeks it's it was surprising i went back to uh grab some notes on the episodes and whatnot and like it's not any anywhere at the top of netflix which is surprising considering how many people have been talking about it so like I get that binging shit is Netflix model, but like it needs to be more aware of what's popular and like just not trying to shove the 15 new things that came out this week and like hang on to the popular things that's doing well, not fucking six underground. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's some better things headed Netflix ways for sure. Um, Cause this is a Netflix studio doing this, right? Yeah. So we'll probably only get two or three seasons of it. Well, it depends who fucking knows. I know this, they greenlit a second season before the first one even premiered. So, okay. um, uh, but yeah, check it out. I think it'll, it gets any, uh, game of Thrones, bad taste out of your mouth for sure. <laughs> Especially when we get to the dragon hunt, so. Yeah, the 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 main difference is this doesn't have the budget that a Game of Thrones did because mm-hmm. some of that stuff is a little rough. Yeah, for sure. But I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, even you sent me that uh, Parks and Rec mem- meme, and it was great because um, Ben <laughs> tweeted the other day. He's like, I have no fucking idea what's going on. But if somebody could explain why everybody keeps tagging me in this goddamn picture, uh, I'd appreciate it. And like somebody just laid it out for everybody's like, oh, that sounds badass. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, let's jump from there and let's talk Uncut Gems because I knew you really wanted to see this and it was a matter of getting 
getting it close to me so I could check it out, and it did so. Did you like it? Are you saying that you did not want to see it? Uh, I didn't know anything about it, so I knew it was good. It was like contender for Oscars and shit. So I was like, hmm, I suppose I'll see it. <laughs> oh, I thought I told you that it was the Safdie brothers' new film, the guys who what? did Good Time with Pattinson. Oh, I, I didn't know that. So, and you can tell because, oh boy, is this a movie? That, that makes is... a lot of sense now that you say that. <laughs> right? All we're missing is a giant two-liter jug of fucking acid. For sure. For sure. Just So did you like this? Uh, in the way that you can like have a two-hour panic attack? <laughs> That's fair. I'm leaning... <laughs> like, I'm right in the middle of liking it, not liking it, but like a little bit to less of liking it part. Really? Yeah. I mean, tell me that fucking Adam Sandler was seconds away from going shubaloo-doo-bop the whole fucking way. I was like, I just don't like Adam Sandler, I think. And that was a big disappointment to me. He does a great job, but like, I just hate him as an actor. So <laughs> that is <laughs> wildly crazy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it just, it's so weird to track his career. Like, he has all his buddy movies, and then he got that huge deal with Netflix, and then out of nowhere, he has this kind of serious role that he's trying to get back in the mainstream with, I guess. Well, it's not like super out of where he did. um, Oh my God, I can't remember what the movie's called. Uh, Noah Baumbach. No. Funny People? No, Noah Baumbach, the guy who did Marriage Story, he did a Netflix movie last year with Sandler. That's fucking amazing. What's that? Uh, I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> well, that helps out immensely. <laughs> I also really just didn't like his character. Um, well, I don't know that you're schmuck. supposed to. Yeah, it's fair. Um, but I, I guess think it's a real that's character. Why, that's why when you're saying it was the people that did Good Times, it's like, oh yeah, I never really liked that character as well. And it just, there's something about it that just grinds you. And it's like, fuck this guy, man. Um, but like, it's it's realistic enough. And like, when you get that final shot, pun intended, it's like, well, fuck. <laughs> but it's just like, you... You know, like, for people like Sandler's character in this film, like, gambling is the thing. It's not about winning or losing. It's it's about that feeling, the, mm-hmm. the raw nerve of what's going to happen next. Is this going to work out for me? And you get that throughout this whole film. And it's yeah. fucking, like, intense. <laughs> like, you just sit there and you watch this guy make the wrong decision over and over and over for two hours. Like that I guess... scene where he finally ha- when he finally has like the money in his hands to give the guy, and he's just like, you know what? Let's bet it. Go to bed, KG. Let's bet it. I'm like, no, no. Um, I think probably part that's detrimental to me is like I can bear like I'm a stones away from being that guy. <laughs> so like 
it's just watching an hour of it. It's like, I understand I'm making the bad decisions. Just, I'm going to do them. So fuck you. (laughs) And that's that whole movie. It's literally him being like, fuck you. I'm going to make these decisions. (laughs) I understand I have an entire family to provide for, like living in one of the richest fucking cities ever. And like with such a high risk job and all this bullshit. It's like, oh yeah, fuck you. I'm going to go gamble. I'm like, stop! I know I should stop gambling too, but fuck you, man! Don't feel make me feel bad about my shitty life decisions. <laughs> but like everything, it's just like I don't think at no point do you think it's going to go well. But I think the movie tricks you enough. Like you know, when he wins that first bet, you're like, maybe that'll be enough. And then it's just like, <laughs> no, they knew and they stopped it. No, like, oh, fuck. no, I absolutely knew that it wasn't going to be enough. And like, cause like, I know I'm that guy. I'm like, yeah, he can make a bigger bet now. Fuck. Yeah. But like, I hate this movie. <laughs> you see him when like, he gets like Kevin Garnett's ring and immediately goes and pawns it for 25 grand to go place a bet. And you're like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't do this for two hours. And then loses that money. And it's like, how's he going to get fucking Kevin Garnett's fucking ring back? And then like, he fucks him around for a couple days. He's like, fuck it. He deserves it. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. Like I was like having like heart palpitations in like the auction scene. He keeps telling like his friend to bid it higher. I'm like, no, stop, just stop, just. Stop. But you know that no one in this film is gonna stop. Uh-huh. Oh my god, that last half hour, like when he fucking traps his bookies in that fucking little glass, I was like, shit is not gonna end well. Um, no, and like when they show that right off the bat of the movie, I was like. Well, there's something to that. And, like, when they get stuck, like, midway through, it was like, oh, well, that's that's probably why they showed that. And then they fucking get caught there. I was like, oh, shit. And then he fucking hits big. It's like, yay. He, all his problems are whoops. Oh, shit. <laughs> of course. This is what, of course this is what was going to happen. For sure. Oh, it's so fucked. Um, but, I mean, like, I get that you don't like Adam Sandler, but, like, he's great. In this movie, oh yeah, there's I'm not that saying scene. that. Like he is like phenomenal in this one. Like the scene after the office, fucking back to his office, and he just fucking breaks down. He's just like nothing is going the way it's supposed to go. What am <laughs> I doing? And like you're just like, this is too. It's real. just so crazy. Like, uh, the level of absurdity and like assholishness he is. Cons- like I would never. Pit Adam Sandler as the guy that fucking makes a move on somebody, and like he's shoving people all over the fucking place. I was like, "You're gonna get yourself killed just shoving someone here in New York," but he's doing it <laughs> every fucking way. He doesn't give a fuck. So it's just so weird. But I, I do think there's that sense of like he doesn't think he's in as bad as he should be because it is his brother-in-law. Yeah, I can see that. Um God, that fucking auction scene, though. Christ. I just hate thinking about it. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been in those situations, like, mm, I bet you we could, like, squeeze a few more dollars out of them. Like, let's just try this. Whoop, we messed up. And, like, that's not a <laughs> oopsie kind of thing. Like, that's a 200000 kind of 
whoopsie kind of mistake. And like he has to pay his father, I believe, forty grand for that mistake. Just <laughs> like he doesn't have the fucking money. So it's like I hate all of this. But also it always <laughs> also like all makes sense. Like ugh. it's so like you just leave but... you just leave the movie feeling so dirty. Yeah, and I think that's intentional. I mean Literally, the first scene is you see, you know, these underprivileged Ethiopians working in the mines. We all know, you know, Blood Diamonds and this whole shit show yeah, that like that I trade really is. Yeah, like I figured it was going to be a, a Blood Diamond ripoff. Um, and we don't, and <laughs> we then don't like, quite get there. <laughs> but then, like, you go, you go into, you know, you go into this opal in the opening credits your on-cut gem <clears throat> and then that transfers right into Adam Sandler's colon. You know, like, it's a blunt fucking metaphor. <laughs> like, you should feel dirty about this and it is rotten. Oh, it was funny because the whole way like, I had to drive an hour to go see it and I was like, the whole way over, I was like knowing nothing about the movie, seeing no goddamn trailers or anything, I was like, is this the year Adam Sandler gets on the top ten list? And no, that's not the case, but it is a pretty good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think I like uh, Good Time more. But uh, this has that same feel of like, it makes New York feel more real yeah. than the, the way we've seen it in a long time. That's for um, sure. And just like, every, everything in the film feels real. Like, at no point is there less than 17 conversations going on at once? Like just everything's so loud and chaotic and it, it just feels alive in a way that a lot of stuff doesn't. That's for sure. That's a, that's a great, great reasoning. Uh, you have anything else on that one then? Uh, go see it. I guess. <laughs> if you're, if you're able to, uh, yeah, it's probably a good movie. So to catch. So from there, uh, the Little Woman remake from 25 years ago. Um, it's Little Women, and it's not a remake. It's just another adaptation. Uh, it feels like a remake. <laughs> this is like the third. This is like the third adaptation in our lifetime of this it's book. True. It's true. I was totally down a rabbit hole trying to figure out. Did you like the movie? Uh, yes, I did too. Uh, it surprised me in a lot of different ways. Um, the, the things that struck out, like, I think the trailer was cut improper. Um, like, it gave her, like, momentous scene away. Like, when she's pissed off and, like, doesn't know how to react about everything. But, like, the, the, the storytelling devices and, like, switching from sister to sister and, like, weaving back to where uh, the sisters were all together and then going forward kind of just works so well like you kind of get a little loose time elements to like gauge where you are um but overall i just really enjoyed how how they tied it all together yeah i think the smart thing that they do is not tell it linear in a linear Mm -hmm. fashion i think it's smart to start and then jump back and then use that to just just to compose where they are now. Did you have you ever um, seen any of the other adaptations? 
Yeah. Okay. Right on. So how how's it um, measure up I to think... those then? Like the the other ones told linear, linearly, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I think that works, but I think the smart thing that they do here is not yeah. doing that. I think it's I don't think like the scene of when you cut between when the sister has scarlet fever the first time to when she has it now mm-hmm. and you get her scared running down the stairs and she's there and the Christmas miracle. And then you cut to now when she's not, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that plays those scenes off better having them that close together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, also the, uh, Mr. Lawrence, the scene where I think it's Beth. That's the sick one, right? When she comes mm-hmm. over and plays the piano and like, he's just in the background like that fucking moment like wrecked me i was like it's so well done dude and like he just immense fucking chris cooper killed me when like when he's outside their house and can't oh, yeah. go in like fucking, <laughs> like that fucking just wrecked me. me straight through me so like you i texted you today and you're like i just got out of it so i was like well you're gonna need a couple hours so finish up whatever <laughs> oh no like i was fucking like one I think I was the only guy in the theater, um, which is not a bad was, thing. Like there was like maybe four or five like groups of older couples, uh, but it was just like me in the middle of the screen, uh, surrounded by all these older folks, which was I, I don't care. So yeah, I mean, mine was full of like women, which is fine, and like you know, like behind me was a group of women, like the youngest one must have been 10 and the oldest was like in her sixties, you know, like it was this huge thought, but I think I was the only guy there. And like, I was just like uncontrollably weeping. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, don't let anyone see me. Fuck that man. Let it go. Uh, I think it's very interesting. Like this Um, is the movie I was kind of looking forward to like the last couple months. Um, mainly because like, these are the actresses we're following right now. Um, I know the one from Lady Bird, um, Pew is one of my favorites right now with Fighting With Your Family and then uh, Midsommar. Um, She's great in this. And uh, I don't think we've seen Teddy in very much, but I'm really enjoying him as an actor as well. Um, Well, it depends on what you're watching. Like, Chalamet's kind of all over the place. He was in that stupid movie you wanted to watch. Yeah, Hot Summer Nights. I really liked that. I really liked him. (laughs) Uh, but he was in Lady Bird, and he was in uh, Call Me By Your Name. Like, he's nice. coming. But, uh, yeah, no, I think everyone's great in it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Like I said, I think I think Greta Gerwig shows that, like, Lady Bird wasn't a fluke. Like, to go from this autobiographical kind of directorial debut to adapting a classic piece of literature is a wide jump, but I think she does it really so well. So her first one, what was the oh. first one then? Was it Lady Bird? Late. Yeah. Damn. That's, that's very surprising, considering they're like the um, story t- storytelling devices are set so different as well. Um, yeah, it shows that like, I think she's really, I think she took her time as an actor in the indie scene and, you know, used that to her advantage mm-hmm. and knows what she's doing as a director. Yeah. Um, and I think as a writer, I think it's really smart that she changes the ending of the book in a smart way. 
by changing the ending of the book, uh, how are you inferring that? The the book ends with Joe marrying that mm-hmm. professor, and they all settle down. And you know, all the ones that are alive are married and have kids, and it's all great. Like that's the ending Joe writes in the movie. That's not the ending is when she talks to the publisher. She goes, she didn't pick any of them. She was against ah. marriage the whole time. I'm a writer. Nice. Hmm. <laughs> and that's, you know, the original author, <coughs> excuse me, of little women when it came out only married Joe off because of the fans and that's what people wanted and like she didn't she wanted joe to be like this because it was an autobiographical nice because the movie um adapts the two books right little woman and uh married women Uh, it was okay like it you know it was how publishing was i've seen a lot of like i i dove down the rabbit hole for sure with this one and like figuring out um it seems like they that they took the bare minimum to tell such a strong story like they could have filled in put more parts like of the the two sisters like at each other's wits ends and shit like that but like they showed just enough so you knew that and like along the way like even with Cooper uh, with his couple scenes like shows how much this family meant to them Um, it was just really smart and like directed great like it's a real force uh for sure yeah it's really really good (laughs) uh across the board it's really strong so highly suggested checking that out uh for sure i really enjoyed it um so that brings us to next week are we watching anything for next week i don't think there's anything coming out for next week not even on Netflix or anything like that? Not that I know of. It's interesting. So, would you... Do you want to take a week off and then come back and do 10 list or do top 10s next week? We can just do it next week. You're the one who fucking was like, I got a list. <laughs> so, I've literally spent like... I spent the first half of this podcast trying to figure out my list while we were talking. Cool. Um... <laughs> no, I, it worked a lot easier this this year because I've uh, become more organized with my notes and like things that I really enjoyed this year. So, like, I threw down a list and like some fit the bill, and I was like, "All right, right on, we got it." So, we'll come back right uh, if we watch anything. We'll let you know, but for the most part, we're going to be doing our top tens of 2019. So, come back for that, and I'm sure there's going to be ye- some yelling. So. That'll be an enjoyable time. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on what you... I don't... We'll see. It'll be an interesting one. Yeah, for sure. So, come back. Uh, we'll tell you about all the stuff you should have been checking out this last year, for sure. Um, peace, pineapple, all that good stuff. Later.